the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jeffrey Epstein is still dead. At least as far as we know. Uh, That's probably a good thing. I mean, uh, based on what that guy was known for, the planet is a better place with him not on it. So nobody's, uh, I don't know if anybody out there is really upset about him being dead, but now we're hearing that the guards who were supposed to prevent him from committing suicide fell asleep. I mean, they're saying this with a straight face. Where was he being held? In the Mayberry Jail? Were Barney Fife and Otis in charge of watching him? And we're also hearing that the guards made up for allowing the most important prisoner in North America, the guy who needed to be kept alive more than any prisoner in the last, I don't know, 50 years or so, they made up for that by falsifying their reports after they fell asleep. There's a report out there that there was screaming heard at the time uh, that that he was supposed to be uh, killing himself. Uh, Anyway, the warden has been reassigned, and the guards, uh, they've been put on administrative leave. Now, Whatever that means, administrative leave. What do you suppose it would take for a prison guard to be summarily fired if fa- <laughs> if falling asleep and then lying about it isn't enough to get you fired? Is that a they got a pretty strong union up there or what? They went several hours without checking on this guy. Uh, makes you wonder if somebody you know me- meandered by their station at one point, held out a hundred dollar bill and said, "Boy." It would really be a shame if, you know, you guys fell asleep and didn't check on this guy for, I don't know, three or four hours because we wouldn't want him to know, you know, to, you know commit, a, commit suicide or maybe trip and fall and bump his head. This is one of the most ridiculous stories of the century, really. And I don't think, I mean, I, I guess you're, when the, I see it reported on uh, the networks, they, they just, they kind of report it matter of factly. I, I just think if, if it wasn't so tragic, it would be hilarious. Um, just that that anybody could screw up something this important so badly. But anyway, uh, this is one of the most ridiculous stories, and how could this guy possibly really be dead? If they had to tie him up in the attorney general's you know basement, nobody would have complained. Anything to keep him around to testify. You know what this reminds me of? just thought of this a little bit ago. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Not that what Epstein did rises to the level of assassinating a president, but think about what happened to Lee Harvey. They were transporting the guy they believed to have just assassinated the president of the United States through the basement of the police station in Dallas, just like he was another guy. I'm sure you've seen all the video a million times. And the media were there firing questions at Lee Harvey. Did you do it, Lee? And he's saying, nah, I'm a patsy. It wasn't me. They're letting that happen. So then it's 56 years later, and we're still not sure if he's the only guy involved or if he was involved at all because he died two days after he was arrested, shot by a known gangster. And I can remember thinking at the time that it didn't make sense, and I was 15 years old. Who doesn't think Jack Ruby shot Oswald to shut him up? But with Epstein, we're not talking about an assassination, but we're talking about suspicions involving a former and current president, senators, governors, what Epstein knew could have destroyed lots of really powerful people. It still might when his victims start testifying. But just, you know, pardon me if I'm not buying for a minute that this guy was allowed to commit suicide by accident. Too many people wanted this guy dead, and he gets treated like a guy they threw in the drunk tank on a Friday night? Sorry, not buying it. And I'm willing to go along with just about any conspiracy you can throw out there, because I'll always find it more believable than it being Barney Fife's and Otis's fault. When we come back after the break, I'm going to replay a really interesting interview that I did a little while ago with a woman who had a lot of interesting things to say about Epstein and Bubba. Bubba would be, of course, Bill Clinton. Stick around.
I'm here with Miracle League of Moons, Mike McGulick. Mike, I understand donations have slowed a little bit. How's progress? A lot of progress since we last talked. Obviously, it's never as quick as you want it to be, but we're happy with where we're going to be coming into the summer. You've broken ground on the field house. Foundations are going in, but the playground's been delayed. What's the plan? We'll continue to fundraise. We have a lot of great support. The community likes the project, so we're confident we'll get there in time to have the playground up for next year. And remember, every dollar you give today goes directly to fund the building of this state-of-the-art field for the kids with special needs. It will be updated with ramping systems and different things so that individuals that have problems with their mobility will be able to get to the same spots that everyone else that easily can get to. Help keep the project on track. Visit miraclesinmoon.org with your donation today. Mike, as always, wish you good luck with this project. We'll be following it, and you keep us updated, okay? I will. Thanks for all the support, and Pittsburgh, thanks for helping. Give now at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. Sponsored by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties entity. Waldemere is your summer oasis. Beat the heat with Waterworld's incredible giant wave pool, two fun-filled water playgrounds, and body and tube slides for all ages. Or simply float around the endless river or unwind in one of the two heated relaxing pools. There's something for everyone. And Waldemere has thrill rides like the incredible chaos, family rides to share, and kitty land for your little ones. There's so much to do, you'll want to come back again and again. That makes a season pass your absolute best value. Don't have a season pass? Well, we've got a deal for you. Purchase a 2020 season pass in full and starting this Sunday, August 18th, your 2020 pass will be honored for the remainder of the 2019 season. So you can ride, slide, and brave the waves as much as you like through Labor Day, plus be all set for next season. No better way to finish off this summer. Details at waldemere.com. Excitement waits for you at Waldemere. Your retirement accounts are at risk. That's right. Your entire retirement savings have never been more exposed. If you have retirement investments, there is an IRS loophole that can save your nest egg. Don't let government bail-ins and fiscal irresponsibility wipe out your savings. Text loophole to 49776 to get Advantage Gold's explosive report that bankers and Wall Street do not want you to see. Your wealth is threatened by political infighting, massive debt, stock market volatility, and experts predict that the U.S. dollar could lose its status as the global reserve currency. Learn all about the IRS loophole that can protect you from massive losses. This IRS loophole could be your last chance to secure your assets. Text loophole to 49776 right now. Don't risk losing your entire retirement. Text loophole to 49776. Your entire retirement savings have never been more exposed. Don't delay. Text loophole to 49776 now. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. Uh, happening with or what happened with Jeffrey Epstein, I thought that this interview I did just a few weeks ago was well worth repeating. I hope you enjoy it. Well, Jeffrey Epstein is in the news. He was found semi-conscious on the floor of his cell. He's apparently going to be okay. He's going to survive, which will be good news to everybody who wants to hear him sing about the famous and powerful people that he's run around with over the years. The Daily Beast has a story with this headline. Jeffrey Epstein visited Clinton White House multiple times in early 90s. Susie Parker is the co-author of the story, did much of the research on it. She joins us now. Thanks for being here, first of all. I have to get that in there. And um, how often did Jeffrey visit the Clintons, and why is it important? Well, it's still unclear how many times he visited the Clintons at the White House. Um, but we definitely know that he that his connections to the Clintons go back before nineteen the early two thousands, before nineteen ninety eight, and definitely before nineteen ninety five when he attended um, a fundraiser for Bill Clinton in Palm Beach, Florida. So he his connections go back to the Clintons at least to nineteen ninety three, and well, he visited the White House and attended a dinner with. Um, um, his uh, madam, uh, just Lane Maxwell, at that time at the White House. Yeah, I want to get to her in a minute, but um, yeah, Bill, Bill has said he has only been with uh, Jeffrey six times. Bill's been known to, you know, play with the truth a little bit. But does that depend on 
you know what the word with means cuz he, apparently <laughs> he's been with him with him more than 6 times. Yes, he's definitely been in the room with him more than 6 times. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how many what 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 is it what you guys found out that there was a lot going on there in in uh um in the early 90s, and aren't they, mm-hmm. or haven't they been trying to sell people on the idea that he almost paid no attention to him until after he got out of the White House? That's correct. That's correct. Uh, the Clintons have uh, tried to downplay, you know, when Bill, when all of this broke, uh, Bill Clinton tried to downplay his connections um, by saying it was the early 2000s, he was out of office. Um, it was a lot to do with going to Africa, um, some work with the Clinton Foundation, and um, then it was uncovered by um, Snopes that he had actually attended that Palm Beach fundraiser where Epson had been, And but that's actually, he actually knew him in 1993, this year that he got um, his first year in the White House. So, Clinton's first year in the White House. But why do you suppose, based on your research and everything, why do you suppose it's important to the Clintons to, I mean, everybody's, everybody who's ever known this guy is running from him and saying, oh, I hard, we hardly knew each other. He had no friends, apparently. But um, uh, why is it so important, do you believe, that the Clintons want you to believe he didn't know him while he was president? What might have been happening, you know, in the White House? or the, what, what are they afraid of here, do you think? Um, well, that's the big question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> They're definitely, yes. Why do they just say that, tell the truth at the, uh, from the beginning and say that, you know, um, Epson had actually just, you know, had been a donor. I mean, my story reports that he, um, was a donor to this, um, White House historical that helped refurbish the White House, uh, when the Clintons took, um, took over, took uh, the presidency. And so um, why they're running from him is the million-dollar question. Well, um, One, it's typical Clinton, though. It's typical. I've covered the Clintons for almost for more, about 30 years. And so it's typical for them not to tell the truth when the truth could be very innocent. Yeah, oh, that's true. It, yeah, But it's also, you know, he's also not an amateur, though, Susie. I mean, he knows, that, especially correct. now, and, and, and of course, as everybody knows, the media are a lot different and a lot more, um, uh, there's a lot more media people out there now than there were 25, 30 years ago. Exactly. Uh, how does he think he's going to get away with, tell, with with saying that he didn't know this guy? Uh, you, you're the one who did the year, research on this story. You found documents that prove that he was uh, hanging with this guy, right? Exactly. Yes, I did find documents. I mean, he's on the uh, um, White House uh, guest list for this uh, as a donor for this White House Historical Association dinner that happened in uh, September of 1993. Yeah, and um, was Epstein a major donor to the Clintons? Well, for that event, he for the White House uh, refurbishing, he de- he uh, donated ten thousand dollars. Um. Is so that a lot? It, it was kind of the going uh, some for donors to donate. There was quite a few $10,000 donors um, for that. It was kind of like that was a baseline for this uh, the White House Historical Association. Many people donated just $10,000. Now, the, the, um, the Clinton's spokesperson told the Daily Beast that it's, quote, irresponsible for you to suggest that Bill knew anything about what Epstein was up to all these years. You buying that? Um, I never buy anything anybody connected <laughs> to the Clintons say 100%. I've covered him for too many years. Yeah. So, yes, he may not have known. I will give Bill Clinton this. He may not have all the sexual shenanigans that he was doing around the world. He, he definitely knew Jeffrey Epstein. No, but I mean, definitely knew him. So you you know you're saying you believe that that Bill knew what that Jeffrey Epstein was was grabbing uh, underage girls, and do I think that Clinton knew that? Yeah, I can't say 100 percent that he would know that. Yeah, but but you know you can go back and look at the Monica Lewinsky uh, scandal, which I covered, and uh, she was you know she was of age, but she wasn't exactly of Bill's age. Well, so she was a 
Yeah, and she was so, a, she was a she was know, a victim and a um, exactly someone he took advantage of the same way that you might take advantage of someone who might not be legally of age. But we all know what that dynamic's all about. Exactly. And uh, you know, intern president, come on. But so you you uh, I, I I don't know, <laughs> Judy. I'm or Susie. I'm sorry. I'm I'm um, I'm detecting a Southern accent there. Do you go all the way back to Arkansas with the Clintons by any chance? Uh, yes, I'm based in Arkansas. I grew up with the Clintons. Yes, I grew up with Bill Clinton being Arkansas's governor. See, I thought I, I detected that. I have that. literally been covering the. I was in high school in the '80s. Wow. Now, that, that, I could talk to you for the next hour about that. Um, um, because, yeah, um, so I'll ask you this then, because I read a book called Partners in Power. Are you familiar with that book? I do know that book. Uh, name's, his name was Morris, I think. Roger Dick Morris? Morris. Uh, no, no, not Dick Morris. Uh, it was another Morris. He also wrote a book about uh, Richard Nixon. He was not a he was not a conservative guy who was out to get the Clintons, but he wrote a tremendous book that I read. Oh, yes. Early. Yeah, and he talked about all the things that were going on in Arkansas. And this is kind of off our subject today, but now that I have you here, I have to ask you because <laughs> some of the stuff that he talked about that was going on in Arkansas that – I can remember saying to people after reading the book, and this was before Monica Lewinsky and everything, I read this book probably in 92, 93, I I remember not being the least bit surprised by anything that I heard about Bill Clinton, uh, uh, you know, uh, accusations, rumors about what was going on in the White House because of what I had read in this book. And I'm wondering if you feel the same way based on what you knew about him in Arkansas and heard about him in Arkansas, if not knew about him, at least heard about him. Yes, no doubt. And that's when, uh, uh, no doubt, yes, there was all sorts of that, yes, and into the 90s. And a lot of that, a lot of that kind of network went on when Clinton became president into Washington. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, 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 you know, we had the Whitewater scandal. I mean, you know yeah. how many scandals oh, there yeah. were connected to the Clintons, yes. So, yeah, no doubt, a lot of, of shady stuff was happening here in the 80s. And so that's when I read the thing about Jeffrey Epstein, Clinton saying it was the early 2000s, but knowing how Epstein was kind of this mover and shaker globally before the 2000s, I thought, no way, I don't, no way. Yeah, uh, He's got to have White House connections, because everybody in those early years of the Clinton administration, when he was president, there was a lot of wheeling and dealing going on. Yeah, and uh, anybody who did what Bill did with an intern in the Oval Office, or anybody who would do what he did in the Oval Office, um, would anybody put it past him to be taking advantage of hanging around with a guy with Epstein, like Epstein? Why would anybody be surprised? No. At Wouldn't you expect no, that of yeah, it? Yes, yes, yes. You would definitely expect it, and you would definitely expect that their circles would have somehow intersected way before 2002 or 2000. Uh-huh. Now, uh, let's get, uh, is, I don't know how you pronounce her name. Is it Ghislaine Maxwell? Ghislaine. Um, she, yeah, she, um, you call her a madam, I guess we'll go with that. She's the person who would, uh, for Epstein, allegedly, um, and she's going to be in big trouble here, too. She's uh, the one who's who they're saying was uh, the person who found the young girls for Epstein and enticed them to come with her and then, you know, got them into the whole uh, sex trafficking thing. Uh, this person not only showed up at Chelsea's wedding, Chelsea Clinton's wedding, but mm-hmm. she, she went on vacation with her. Is it possible that they wouldn't know what this woman did for a living or what she did every day and, and be yeah, that friendly I'm, with her? I've wondered the same thing. I mean, you know, I guess if you're thinking that you're in that that kind of high society, movers, global movers and shakers, someone like Maxwell could say that she's in investments or hedge funds or mm-hmm. art or, you know, pick pick something glamorous and yeah. big money. And, yeah, I guess you could probably buy it and also have a double secret life going on where you're procuring, you know, you're trying to get young women for your friend. Not young women, girls. 
And girls, yeah. girls, yes. Yeah. People girls. like to call them young women, and that's a, kind of a euphemism for girls, yes. which, is, yes. which is what Teenage they were. Teenage girls under yeah. 18, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how are, I mean, where's this going to go? You, I've got a feeling it's you guys at the, and we're talking, by the way, to Susie Parker, co author of the story about uh, Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein at the Daily Beast. You should check it out. Um, I have a feeling you guys aren't finished with this story. Um, you've, you're just starting, you're doing a lot of investigating. Yes, once once I go down the Clinton rabbit hole, they're so <laughs> stopping me. <laughs> I've been down it before, and I, you know, just when you think that the Clintons have gone away for a minute, they have a funny way of resurrecting and, and coming back. Well, there, there's a story out there. You have it in your uh, piece um, that there is evidence that Bill and Epstein were on a plane with this Gislaine Maxwell person and an unnamed female. That's a, I'd like to hear Bill's explanation for that one. Yes, yes. I would like to hear a lot of his explanations <laughs> about many things over the years. Yeah. You ain't getting them, though, are you? Uh, no, no, no. I don't see that happening. But what I mean, what do you think of that? I mean, uh, you just uh, you didn't go deeply into it in the piece, I don't think. But you know, just throwing it out there, that's a that's a pretty uh, bright red flag, isn't it? Yes, it is. And you know, um, but the uh, you know one thing I have learned that the Clintons are masters of denial. Or you know, look over here, and this is happening over there. So um, I don't know how they would. I don't know how Bill would actually get out of this situation or how his explanation for it but it will be curious if we ever hear it this is a guy who said it depends on what the word is is exactly. what the meaning of is is i mean so he's um uh, we we all saw him uh, being inter- uh, interviewed uh, questioned testifying uh, on the in the lewinsky uh, deal and he looked like you talk about a deer in the headlights um, so, uh, so I mean, this this is interesting to me because before I called you, I didn't know that you had this history with the Clintons. This must be when when you heard about this. I mean, uh, as you said, is this you just think when's this going to end? I mean, is the guy ever going to grow up? He's seventy two years old. Yeah, right. You would. Well, they have a the Clintons have this hard time just telling the truth. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, they could have easily said. Oh, he was a donor in 1993. We didn't know much about him. We met him through X. Yeah. But that's not how the Clintons operate, so everything was... You're, we're, you're breaking up a little it bit there. Everything with the Clintons end up being a cover-up. Yeah, I, I want to ask you... Even if it's very innocent. I mean, this, this White House historical dinner... At the time, could have been a very innocent thing. Yeah, right, right. But now, years later, you've got uh, Epstein being this scandal figure, and now they're covering up Madhelm. Well, you know, in the in the book that I mentioned, Partners in Power, it talks about uh, Bill showing up at cocaine parties. Um, I mean, the stuff that he had in there, and this is not some um, bomb thrower, this guy, this writer. He's a serious writer. He's written a lot of serious books, and he said, I think he says in the book that he, he didn't start out thinking he was going to get Bill Clinton. He was just he went down and started sniffing around in Arkansas, and he couldn't believe what he came up with. So I, I, I'm up against a hard break here, and I have a minute left. Um, I'm just curious, and you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but what did what did you think when Hillary Clinton was running for president? What did you think about the prospect of four or eight more years of these people in the White House? Oh, I just was thinking this would be amazing stories because there were so many <laughs> more scandals left to cover. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, but you had to have some fear for the country. or I mean, just come on. Well, yeah. I mean, I knew that we would be uh, engrossed in some sort of crazy Clinton scandal, you know, daily or weekly. Hey, Susie, no Susie Parker, I really appreciate it. The piece is at the Daily Beast, and it's pretty amazing, and I'm sure you'll be having more stuff coming uh, in the future. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, that's Susie Parker, and we will be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Stocks plummeted today after the bond market flashed a warning sign about a possible recession for the first time since 2007. The yield on the 10-year Treasury briefly dropped below the two-year yield Wednesday, an ominous signal that has predicted past recessions. 
Analyst Hillary Kramer. Right now, everyone is thinking that this is that we are going to go into a recession, but that's all the rules have changed, and I think that that's uh, very short-sighted. Hillary Kramer edits Game Changers in cooperation with Salem Media. President Trump reacted on Twitter. The president used social media to claim that the U.S. is winning big time against China and to blame the Federal Reserve for holding back the American economy. He also wrote, Crazy inverted yield. That's a reference to the 10-year Treasury briefly dropping below the 2-year Treasury's yield. The so-called inversion has correctly predicted many past recessions. You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt. If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to go away, then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Call 1-800-990-6976. Dr. Sebastian Gorka defends the president's description of Baltimore. Let's look at education. 20% a fifth of children in Baltimore don't complete high school. A city that has been run for 52 years by the Democrats has a poverty rate of 24%. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The answer. Homeowners love their Pella windows and doors, and we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. I just have to tell you, this bay window is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic. It really is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. 888-78-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. Community Bank, City Mission, Number 1 Cochrane, Highmark Stadium, Peters Township Community Center, Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction, design and build with one company. Nello Construction, full-service construction from the ground up. Renovation, expansion, Nello Construction. The choice for business. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Are you worried that the next market downturn could rob you of your wealth and your security? Are you concerned that your lifetime may last longer than your life savings? You don't have to be. For over 30 years, Gary Hunt has advocated for strong retirement principles, helping families in Allegheny and Westmoreland generate more income while protecting their retirement funds. And Gary now offers retirement-minded savers and investors a free book so you can better understand what it takes to structure a more stable, secure, and confident retirement. Call Gary Hunt and request your copy of Income Allocation. 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway North, you're seeing some delays there from 19 up to Cemetery Lane. Also, slowing down outbound 28, a lot of volume from the Parkway North to the Highland Park Bridge. Liberty Bridge seeing some minor delays outbound. Parkway East, that's slowing down outbound Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swissvale with healthy volume and inbound Parkway West from 376 Business Airport Expressway into 60. Some delays. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250. The answer. Weather. 
Partly cloudy tonight, the low 62. Tomorrow, variably cloudy skies with a shower and thunderstorm around, especially during the afternoon. A few spots could see some locally damaging winds and hail with any thunderstorm. High 81. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, 63 degrees. And for Friday, periods of clouds and sun. A shower or thunderstorm can't be completely ruled out. 82 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Middle. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, a couple of days ago, we had a guy here on the show named uh, Charles McElwee of the City Journal. He was talking about the death of newspapers around the country. And uh, just yesterday, and they are disappearing fast, just yesterday I saw a piece from Selena Zito, who writes for multiple um, publications, including the Washington Examiner, about a newspaper not too far from here that is about to fold up. And uh, I thought it would be a good idea to talk to her to kind of, as a follow-up to that story we talked about just a couple of days ago. And Selena joins us now. Selena, thanks for being here. Selena, you there? I don't hear her. Selena. Hello? Selena. uh, There you are. There you are. You're there. I knew you were there there somewhere. How are you? (laughs) I'm swell. How are you? Good, good, good. So the headline of your piece is um, the death of a local newspaper rocks America to its core, uh, and it's in Youngstown. What, what did you? What, well, I don't know if you wrote the headline, but what, what does the headline mean? I, I didn't write the headline. <laughs> you never do. But I, know it, 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 I know, but it, it, it holds true, and here's why: uh, local newspapers are the very center of a community. I don't think that we often realize how critically they are important for the health uh, and well-being of a community, not just because they do the thing, the good news that we like to hear, or the bad news when it comes to sports, whether we're talking about local high school athletes doing well or um, a triple-A baseball team or, you know, a big league baseball team or football team. Um, but also the really critically important things like covering things like a water authority or a city council or a school board, which sometimes tends to be one of the most volatile aspects of, of American politics. Uh, you know, nobody is going to hold their feet to the fire. Uh, nobody's going to put a check on them. Uh, and and that that is a dangerous place for us to be in this country um, because we need professional journalists and, and layers of editors uh, to be able to um, report a story dispassionately uh, and accurately and get to the bottom of corruption if they suspect that is what's happening. And you think about Youngstown, I think it's at least the last two mayors who have been indicted, and it's because of the investigative work done by the Vindicator. Yeah, and it's the Youngstown Vindicator. I My first job in uh, broadcasting was in Sharon, PA, which is uh, you know right between Pittsburgh and, and uh, Youngstown, and and I so the Youngstown Vindicator was sold in Sharon. It was uh, well read in Sharon, right. and so I'm kind of, I, I, I was reading it a long time ago, and when I heard it was going out of business, I mean it's been around for what 150 years. It's been around. It was first started when Grover Cleveland was in his first term of his presidency, and it's been in the current family ownership since Ulysses Grant was uh, just sworn in. Now, think about that. It started during Reconstruction, uh, you know, in, in this family's name, and has seen us through two world wars, the Vietnam War, the discovery of the polio vaccine, uh, the... Um, you know, uh, important things and milestones in this world, like civil rights or the moon landing uh, or Watergate, uh, you know, and, and, and there's always a parade of politicians that that go through this uh, Mahoning Valley because it's critically important into swaying Ohio in a presidential election. Uh, and, and, you know, it's also the home of, the, you know, the Bartolo family, who owned the Giants and who owned the Penguins. Yep, yeah. So, you know, a lot of things, it was also the home of Farmore and Arby's 
you know, a lot of things originated in 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 the Mahoning Valley. I mean, who would have chronicled the uh, Black Monday, September nineteenth, nineteen seventy seven, where thousands and thousands of people lost their jobs all on one day? Yep, and I think Sharon Steele was part of that. That that was a yep, it Sh- was. Um, Sharon Steele was Sharon, PA, and it's. Uh, uh, I don't know how it's doing now, but it uh, took a long time to recover from uh, Sharon Steele disappearing. Half the people in town worked there. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, and, you know, people from out of town still read these. You know, people that had to move because of the Campbell Works closed, because Sharon Steele closed, because the whole Steel Valley collapsed. But this is their way to stay in touch with the community. And, and, and now it's, it, within a few days, it's gone. Wow. And and so but why is it is it such a big deal in a town like Youngstown? I mean, specifically the stuff that you point out in your piece about the the what the what the vindicator me- meant to that community up there. Well, it it means everything. The the, the athletic director um of Youngstown City Schools who's been working so hard to rebuild that school district and rebuild the, the, uh, the football program. These kids live for opening the, that newspaper, and so do their parents and their family to see the box scores, right. you know, to see if their kid did well, not, not only on the field, but also, um, you know, in the classroom and their achievements that, that they get. There's also, you know, uh, things, even the enterprise stories, which showcase community events. Or talk about the Garden Club or the, or the Elks or whatever the community club is. Those highlights are gone. And, and, and those, you know, even if you may get angry at the editorial page of a newspaper, mostly news people in a newsroom, and you would know this, John, they're just, you know, they're the people that live in the community who sit in a pew with you every Sunday, who coach your kids' little league team, and they're just out there doing their job. And, and there's nothing glamorous about a, 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 a reporter's job. It's long hours, typically not a great pay, but you do it because I, it, I, I firmly believe it is a, a higher calling. It is wanting to do the best thing that you can to keep corruption out of government, but also showcase the important things going on in a community. Yeah, I mean, this comes six weeks after 4,000 people lost their jobs at um, Lordstown, yeah. the GM plant in, in um, Lordstown, which is right beside Youngstown. Yeah, it's, you mentioned the, the things like the, the Water Authority and the Garden Club and things that maybe most people just kind of skim over. They see the headline. But... Um, and, you know, if you're not in the newspaper business, and maybe sometimes even if you are, uh, you, you kind of look at a newspaper and think those things just kind of show up in there magically. The little two-paragraph <laughs> two story that's really important to some organization to get, that, get those two paragraphs on page three because it means everything to them. And that, that all disappears now. That, that all disappears. When I was a kid, my grandfather worked for the Pittsburgh Press. And, you know, every once in a while he would take me down there. And I was always um, sort of fascinated and intrigued by this, you know, at the time of the massive newsroom. And all these people were working on different things. And back at that time, it was with uh, typewriters. Um, But then he would take me down and show me the presses. And it's just, I thought it was so fascinating that all those people worked together Well, for one even though they were all working on something different, but the common purpose was to put a paper together every night so that it was on your, your, on your front stoop um, every morning. And that continued to fascinate me as an adult when I worked for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Um, I'm, I'm blessed to still work for a print newspaper, the New York Post, uh, but, you know, I fear that, that this is going away and the structure is going away, and, and I don't know that there's any good answer for it. We're talking to Selena Zito, formerly of the Pittsburgh Trib, now with the New York Post, Washington Examiner. Where did I see this piece? Uh, PJ Media? Is that where it was? Or Daily Wire? Which you what you were? Um, oh, I'm, I'm syndicated. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it uh, could be it could be uh, it originated in the New York Post. Okay, uh, but I'm, I'm syndicated in um, a bunch of newspapers across the country. Okay, now here's the thing about the newspaper too that, that and I, I talked about this the other day with uh, Charlie McElwee. Um, 
that I, I was a paper boy, so I delivered the paper. And um, there's there's something the, the, there was when when there was something that you read in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette or the Pittsburgh Press back then, and later on in the Trib. If you read that, you could be almost a hundred percent sure that your next door neighbor read the same story. Uh, yeah. that, that the person across the street read it, and everybody when I, I would deliver those papers one after another, one house at a time, and. Every single person was seeing the exact same thing. But now, every person in, in those houses that I delivered to back in Scott Township, every person in, the, in those houses is looking at a different website to get whatever it is they're getting. You know, they're, they're just right. not, they're not reading the same thing. So when you talk about it, it kind of uh, unraveling the fabric of the community, that's what happens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, those cultural touchstones. The sort of water water cooler moments um, or community group moments are 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 evaporating before our eyes or disappearing before our eyes, and uh, you know it's it's very difficult to imagine that social media replaces them because that sense of community is isn't as prevalent because people can be anonymous and people can be. Uh, and adopt a, a, a tone or a stridency that they wouldn't do in in polite society. And so I'm not sure if it changes us or we've changed it, but we're in a really peculiar uh, place right now. I'm actually working on a column for this Sunday uh, about what if Twitter is real life or what if Twitter became real life, which is an awful concept right? because... When you want, when you go on there, I haven't been on for eight days. It's such a dumpster fire, you know. It 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 it's it's really disturbing. I just drove. I spent three weeks on the road driving across the country. I felt at least a little bit um, uh, better when I interact with people because I, I, I realize that it hasn't infected as of yet how we interact with each other, um, in, in, you know, on a daily basis, face-to-face. Well, well, and here's the other thing, Selena, and that is that uh, back at a time before the Internet and social media, that that newspaper was read by everybody in the house. Now, maybe uh, some kids oh, yeah. read it, some kids read only the comics, but that newspaper sat in the living room or somewhere, and everybody saw it at least saw the headlines. Everybody in the family had a chance to pick it up and read it. And so everybody in the family was reading the same thing. You go into a house now, uh, in uh, those same homes, again, where I deliver the newspaper, and in every room there's a different person reading something different and getting their news from a different source. And the, and, the, and may they, and they may never uh, communicate about what they were reading today. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, look, the, the the internet was supposed to make to make give make us more informed, but I I am very incredibly concerned that social media has instead made us more tribal. Uh, yeah, and, no question. Uh, you know, we wake up every morning and we want to put our team jerseys on right. rather than a healthy discourse that te- that ends up teaching us something. Uh, we're not learning new things. Right. Uh, we're we're just going to our, um, a safe place where we can have our viewpoints reinforced, and that's that's not healthy. I mean, it's kind of why our families left, you know, England and Scotland and you know all of Eastern Europe was because we wanted to have that freedom of expression, and and I'm, I'm not sure where. I'm not sure we're appreciating that that value set that we that our forefathers searched for. Now I only have a couple minutes left, and I want to get to something else real quick here. Back in June, you wrote a piece about Joe Biden. I think the headline is uh, was "What happens when Joe stops being Joe? Is he still Joe out there on the road?" Um. Well, not really. <laughs> um. <laughs> Look, he, as uh, as I said in that story, the, the challenge he faces is if he is pushed left on um, uh, on on issues that are important to the working class. He's already Let's been pushed take, there, hasn't he? Right, exactly. Yeah. Let's just take our region. 
right here. Yesterday, President Trump was here about um, uh, touring the cracker plant. Yep. I mean, 6,000 jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the 10-year course of construction, 600 permanent jobs. And, and experts um, in, in the industry estimate that there will be three times that uh, amount um, down you know, trickle trickle up um, effect of the um, uh, of the, of the business, and and they think those are um, soft estimates that are probably big bigger. So those kinds of jobs are considered bad by uh, uh, Biden's new sort of uh, look at how he views the energy industry. Fossil fuels are bad. Um, and 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 a sentence, and that's going to be a problem for him with union workers here. You know, Trump did not win the majority of union workers. People think he did. He did not. Hillary did, but she won them at a dramatically lesser amount than Obama did. Almost twenty percentage points shifted away from um, Obama support to Trump support. But these these union voters are not going to vote against their pocketbook. They're not going to vote against the fact. That they might be able to, you know, send their kids to college, have a good house, you know, uh, all the, you know, live the American dream. That's not going to happen if we ban um, all fossil fuels. Yep, so, and that's where he is now. Well, hey, uh, Salito, it's always yeah. it's always good to have you on. We'll have you on again. And uh, where's your next stop? You're on the road all the time. Uh, I just got back to Pittsburgh. I just did a three week, six thousand mile drive across the country on the back roads. I just got back today. That's a lame excuse. What do you come on, get back out there? <laughs> I am. I'm going I'm going to interview Secretary Pomp- Pompeo um, in Washington on Monday and then off to Erie on Tuesday. All right. Well good luck and uh, safe travels and thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, that's Selena Zito. We'll be right back. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind, expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention. So many choices and ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out. Today's technology can do that, but you need the resources and know-how to make it all work. You need Salem Surround. With all the digital marketing tools available and necessary to compete in today's business world, you need to know how to use all the options efficiently. Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. We know digital marketing and how to deliver customers so you can run your business. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. For no limitations on how and where you can reach customers, there's Salem Surround, total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, uh, get off my lawn, okay? So people always accuse me of being one of those old get off my lawn guys. Uh, I don't have a lawn, first of all. I live in a townhouse, so I don't have, I mean, I have a lawn, but I don't care if you're on it, because I don't cut it. But um, this, uh, and this is just, it's just, it never ends. The New York Times, this is according to, a, this is a, I saw this at Breitbart, but it's a New York Times story. Uh, there, is there anything left that isn't racist? 
or isn't something that white people and white Americans should apologize for? Well, the New York Times has a new expose on how lawn care is a problem. Uh, Lawns are contributing to pollution and climate change, asserts narrator David Boddy. This is in a video that they put out. And their origins are far from woke. In a seven-minute video on the history of American lawns, Boddy says lawns are, quote, part of the, are you ready, colonizing of America, which transformed the landscape from, quote, pristine wilderness to identical rows of manicured nature. That's that's what uh, I mean. I've, you've been looking at lawns all your life. I bet you didn't know that it was what a lawn was actually an identical row of manicured nature. No kidding. These lawns come on the backs of slaves. Are you aware of that? So if you have a lawn and you're looking out the window right now as you're listening to me, and that lawn that you're you just finished mowing and you're really proud of because it looks really good today, uh, well. It's out there on the backs of slaves, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, and and it's, it's grueling, endless work. He said, there's a, in the, on the video, they zoom in on a painting of George Washington in a field to highlight men cutting the grass. Uh, and it's grueling, endless work. So because the slaves were forced to cut grass 165 years ago, you are guilty of, of having a... Lawn as a result of slavery. By the 1870s, we also see American culture slowly start to embrace lawns. Are you ready? For the privileged masses. Now, I know you could go drive around certain neighborhoods uh, around Pittsburgh and see some well manicured lawns that look like they belong to the privileged masses. You could also drive around and see lawns that are about 14 square feet. That are covered with weeds, you know? But it's a lawn! It's grass! There's no hope for humanity. And I still didn't get a chance to talk about the Brazilian president suggesting that people poop every other day. I'll try to get that tomorrow. But just get off my lawn, or get off your lawn, or get rid of your lawn, or something. Bye. John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.